Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Emke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, we got a really exciting episode today. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Before we do that, of course, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. XDP uh, has this really cool extra direct fit intercooler. Um, it's for the 03 to 06 Ford 6-liter power stroke. It's a bar and plate core design. Uh, it's 100% TIG welded ends uh, tanks. So it's it's solid, man. Like yeah. They've tested it up to 120 plus PSI. It is, it is a rock and roll unit, and you can also have it like customized whatever color you want to get yeah. it in. So I think if you got a 6-liter and you're looking for uh, an intercooler replacement that's going to be able to handle more performance and be durable and reliable, this is a really good option for you. Another one of our sponsors, Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner. One of the cool products that they've recently released is L5D tuning. So it's unique. So L5D is a spinoff off of the L5P. Uh, this is going to be your 45-5500 cab chassis style trucks. Um, they are derated from the factory. They have some crazy speed limiters in play. So guys are calling in complaining yeah. about that type of stuff. <laughs> uh, so the boys over at Calibrated Power offer single tune and switch on the fly power level options. Um, guys have been really, really happy. Good positive feedback. It's night and day difference from what I've heard. So it's like, uh, I hate my truck and it can't tow up a hill yeah. to this is amazing to drive and I love having it. Thank God. For I the want tune. the big truck to drive like my little truck. So that's <laughs> what I get. So, yeah. Hey, Axergy has their winter blend additive. It has an anti-gel component and increased lubricity. It's really a no-brainer, guys. If you're out there and you're you're running around in cold weather, um, especially for anybody who parks outside, dear God, uh, or really cold garages, make sure you throw some yeah. additive in. We're getting the cold snap here. I know it was like one degree when I was coming It was negative, uh, negative 12 a little bit ago from what I was reading. Nah. So. Not my type of, no. of weather, but uh, if, if we're going to have to deal with it, like I said, get yourself prepared. Yeah. Get some additive in the tank. Chris, you use the Exergy stuff. I do. It's been so great. Just posting yeah, it on yeah. Facebook. Uh, the guys over at Exergy were nice enough. Uh, they sent us over a case. So uh, the GM here, Jamie, Tim, and, and R&D, a couple of the guys that have diesels, you know, we started handing that stuff out. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. Um, cold starts in the TDI, which my TDI is never <laughs> friendly to begin with. Um, it's nice to have, and then um, I add some into my RAM, you know, since it's, it's for the winter, so sure. that's just smart to have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Calibrated Power uh, also has awesome Cummins Easy Link Tuning. It's yeah. one of the most popular products in their catalog, uh, especially for like tuning all together. Uh, so they cover switch on the fly for the 13 to 18 6.7 liters, and then a five tune pack for the 19 to 21. You can add 100 horsepower with tune only, no need to delete. Uh, and then of course for all you 68 RFE guys, uh, Chris, you can probably trans tuning is a big deal. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not about adding the power to the truck; it's about the trans tuning. You know, <laughs> in all reality, if you can get that trans to shift more, uh, more friendly around the torque curve of the motor, uh, help with some of the downshifts, upshifts, converter lockup stuff, help with line pressures, it really changes the dynamic of how the truck operates. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so that that's a, a great product for you guys to go and check out. You can check out the Duramax Tuner products over at DuramaxTuner.com, as well as the Cummins Power Stroke EcoBoost all that other stuff. Uh, calibrated of, power kind of lives over there. Speaking of tuning, Paul, yeah. what do we have today? So I'm excited. Uh, this is a fun one where we get to kind of poke at um, some of the things that we see in the industry. So I think previously we had done top five tuning myths and how to destroy your yep. DPF. Uh, now we're taking a look at lazy tuners 
make smoky diesels. Uh, and, and really, it's probably not even just tuners that we want to pin this on. That's clickbait, man. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's really, it's probably better phrases like uneducated yeah. diesel performance enthusiasts make smoky diesels. Mm -hmm. That's probably the most accurate way to describe this. Um, Chris, I, I think when we do hone in on the tuners, though, uh, th there's this really basic formula for making power in a diesel, yeah. and that's more fuel. Just as simple as that. Just if you throw more fuel at a diesel, you'll likely make more power. Now, right. that power has a diminishing point of return, so at a certain point, you're right. throwing more fuel. Yeah, you might add one horsepower, but you're gaining 200 EGTs. That's just a dramatic example. And I think, too, the thing to point out is, depending on the year of the truck that you're referring to, there is a difference between electronically controlled wastegates, no wastegates, mechanical wastegates, <laughs> uh, variable vane turbochargers, all of these things, depending on the era of the diesel motor, is going to dictate boost pressure. So there is this limitation of turbochargers boost and what that turbocharger's efficiency range is, given the added fuel that's being added to the truck. Um, you know, usually with a lot of these trucks, you're going to be limited by air before you're limited by the fuel, especially in the common rail trucks. And, and I think even even as we look at like pushing things into a tuning kind of uh, conversation here, it's like as you're adding fuel, no matter what turbo you have on there, you likely can add too much fuel yeah. for what that turbocharger is capable of, right? Just like you said. So, so as guys are tuning it, they might say, hey, look, I'm seeing more horsepower on the dyno. I keep adding more fuel. Um, Eventually, you're going to create smoke. You're going to get more fuel than air. Now, in older trucks, you had to really watch this visually and watch your EGTs, and you could add some aftermarket gauges, yep. but like boost control has only gotten better. Like boost and air fuel relationship has only gotten more well defined by the factory ECM and factory gauges. Well, I mean, throughout in the, the newer years. trucks, you have lambda control in the ECM, exactly. which, you know, tuners that are tuning emissions on in some of the newer trucks that they're looking for clean smoke output, you know, they're going to use those tables. One of the big things that I think there's a real common misperception is, well, my truck doesn't smoke, add more fuel. <laughs> well, you, you have injection on time, right? So injection on time is the amount of time that the injectors are open for. Sure. And that is going to change by load RPM, you know, and in, 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 in torque output, right? Yeah. As, as that engine's coming into its power band. Just because the truck doesn't smoke, like there's a difference between a properly tuned vehicle and a truck that is tuned poorly, right? The, the whole <laughs> case of this of this uh, podcast, you know, you'll see a lot of times where guys will add too much fuel down low in the no boost or low boost category. Yeah. Um, and then as the turbo comes up on boost, it starts to clear up. Well, there's ways to not play with up top and play with down low to help with that smoke output for more drivability or better drivability. Sure, sure. And 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 again, if you were in a non-VGT truck that you, you know doesn't have any lambda control and things right. like that, and you wanted to get your turbo to spool, yep. uh, the theory was always throw a bunch of fuel at it down low. Right. That'll create a bunch of exhaust pressure. That exhaust pressure will drive your turbo. Your turbo will light quicker. Now that also results in like a ton of smoke. Smoke's bad. Right. That, that's that's the reality of what we've learned throughout the years of diesel performance is that smoke is not good for your truck. It's not the best way to make performance. Uh, it is not the sign of a of a strong diesel. It's the sign of of likely a flaw. Now, this isn't going to always be true because if you go to a sled pull and you see a truck that's loaded down and running at peak and it's pouring smoke out of the the stacks. Two different situations. Two different though. situations, yeah. right? Like, like we're talking about street-driven trucks that are going to take off from a stoplight and they black out the intersection mm -hmm. before they get to 10 miles an hour. 
that's a poorly tuned truck or a truck with a physical problem in it. Well, let's talk about what are some of those characteristics, right? So you talk about the smoke output, right? So we'll, we'll cut the environment out of the equation on this because sure. this isn't like, oh, clean trucks, this and that. But let's talk about what you're doing to the engine, okay? Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I think about like my old 01 second gen years back, where you're actually washing out the cylinder walls because of so much fuel being added, that's going to deteriorate the longevity of the motor over time. That's right. Also, you're running at higher EGT, yep. so, so you're rapidly heating and then cooling because things are going to cool off. Um, all of the metal components and gasketry and, and everything else that goes into your engine, high EGTs are bad. So if we see a lot of smoke, that's almost always accompanied by really, really high yep. EGTs, which can be detrimental. Um, and then also, of course, there's just like you're pissing money away because it's it's right. unburnt fuel, meaning you could have used that fuel more efficiently and gotten better mile per gallon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you're having a lot of smoke and I, I guess if you don't mind having really poor fuel mileage, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's just, it's, there's a correlation there. There's something that you need to be aware of as, as a diesel owner uh, that if you are having really bad fuel mileage and you are having a lot of smoke, you need to look into it. It's funny, you know, guys get into this. I know I got into this because I was able to take an old mechanical injected truck, turn the fuel up, blow a little smoke. Like that, that, that was cool. the attraction. Sure. You know? And as time when progresses. When you were 16. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was <laughs> 19, but yeah, you know. And as you get a little older, you start to realize, like, okay, I'm going to hook up to a trailer for the first time, right? Or, right. you know, whatever you're going to be towing. Now you're using the truck in more of a recreational characteristic. You don't want that smoke getting on the on the trailer. You don't want to clean more than you have to, you know. Um, That's right. Same if you're a landscaper and you got all your equipment behind you yeah. in an open trailer. You don't want to roll coal yeah. all over it. It's just nonsense. Yeah. Um, that's why I think, like, as we look at these, we know that there's other physical components where if you see a lot of smoke, it could be a boost leak. God, we've talked about boost leaks a lot. Yeah. Um, now you're getting to more of the mechanical stuff, right? Right, right. There, there's mechanical reasons, right? You could have a failed injection, uh, or sorry, failed injector or something wrong within the inject fuel injection system. Uh, that could cause excessive smoke. Um, but I think what we see really, really commonly is just tuning mistakes. Yeah. Just people... Kind of like you had said before, it's just kind of doing it wrong. Well, I think look, the the first stage or the first era of this was a box programmer, right? You know, sure. you had your one is all plug in and play type <laughs> style programmer, and then you have guys that learn how to custom tune, but they learn how to tune off of those box programmers. All right. So you have this era of what is right and wrong, and these there's guys that have been tuning trucks for years, but they've maintained that old technology or that old style tuning. So it is common to get into a newer, you know, truck that, you know, had em emissions fell off, right. whatever, yeah, yeah. and the trucks are just bellowing smoke. The ECM <laughs> has the same ability and architecture for that guy doing the tune as another guy that's going to tune that truck emissions on. So that, that theory of, oh, well, that's what the truck is going to do, tune emissions on, isn't necessarily the case because ECMs are sophisticated. Like, there are these tables in play uh, because technology has advanced so much over the years to where you can control that. That characteristic on that older truck is all based on the fact that whoever is tuning that truck chooses to create the calibration to do that. Right. So. Right. Uh, no, that, that's a really good point, man, because it does, it, it lays out people in a in a very clear path of what are you trying to get out of your vehicle, yeah. right? Like, like, are you interested in setting your vehicle up 
to be efficient, to, yeah. to, to have low EGTs, to be able to tow. We all want power. That's why we're right. modifying our vehicles, that's always, right? That's the goal, right? <laughs> that's, that's I want better throttle that. response. I want better power, broader power band. I want to be able to lower EGTs or manage uh, the ability to manage EGTs. Yeah. You know, but everyone's common goal is either better response or they want to tow more efficiently, right? Like that's generally the feedback that we get over that, at Calibrated Power. That's what we're looking for, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we do run into guys who end up with stupid builds, uh, and I use this phrase Don't not to stupid. not, not to like not to really poke at anybody specifically, but we do kind of talk about these builds where you know, hey, I got a just something crazy. I got an S four seventy two single on my LML with all stock. I haven't done anything else right. to it. The only thing I did was swap out to an S four seventy two and delete the emissions. Bro, that's probably not going to be a great driving truck in no. most scenarios. Mm -hmm. Like, you probably need some other modifications to get that build all the way there. Right. Um, but there are guys that do it in stages sure. and things like sure. that. Sure, yeah, understandable. But I remember be... I drove an L a deleted LMM with an S480 single, like, back in, like, 14, when, like, nobody knew how to tune them, nobody knew why on earth you would do this, wow. like, wow. stock fuel, stock trans, S480 single, and, like, up and down the streets on the back roads, I'm just like, dude, this thing feels like it has a map sensor yeah. problem. Yeah. Like, there's just, there's nothing. It's just pouring out smoke. Mm -hmm. And then, all of a sudden, it all ramps up and yeah. hits. And We've talked about, like, how much fun, like, a, a big single yeah. is. But then there's, like, a boxed S480 like, we're not talking SXE, we're not talking about billet right. wheels, we're talking about like the most basic, cheapest S480 you could slap on this thing. Um, it, it just was not a great build, just all together. And, and hey, I, I know that guy in that truck got to where they were going, yeah. um, but there was a long time that there was like, there was no amount of tuning that was going to fix that, right? Like, there are things you can tune around. There are things you can do better in your tuning to help with it. Yeah. And then there's just certain things that just, there's physical limitations. Well, I always think about, I go back to, you know, 10, 12 years ago, and like when I had my second gen, I had a, a 366 on that truck. Right? Yeah. A bigger charger for a VT motor. Sure. And I had big injectors, I had some, you know, box programming in that truck. There wasn't custom tuning for that thing back then. And the truck was so heavy with smoke, it would bellow and bellow and bellow, and like it would take a while for that turbo to swool. Yeah. Well, I ended up downsizing the injector slightly <laughs> and playing around with the tuning. I went with a different tuning uh, platform that gave me the ability to play slightly. Okay. And I was actually able to clean up some of the fuel, and the turbo actually spooled quicker. So there is this whole, like, not more fuel is better. You know, when you compare it to, like you said earlier, the sled pull guys, these are trucks that are working in the most max effort way possible. <laughs> and these are guys that if they're able to get a turbocharger last five or six hooks, like they're doing something right. That just goes to show how much heat that cool, like, oh, I'm in the stands watching this truck just bellow smoke. It, it has its repercussions. Yeah. You know, there are those risks involved. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Uh, so if we're talking about what kind of tuning parameters do actually impact smoke output, okay. right? Um, let's talk about fuel control. You mentioned fuel injector on time. Mm -hmm. Can you walk walk our audience through that a little bit further? What yeah. other fuel kind of tables are going to impact smoke output? So, I mean, mainly when a tuner is going to tune, right, they're going to play with an injection on time. You have a pre-injection, a main event, and a post-injection event. So right. common rails tend to have three injection events. Um, fuel pressure. Right? And between those tables, it's going to equal out what's called MM3, which is the total of volume of fuel being used. Okay? Um, if you have low fuel pressure, that could cause a 
uh, less efficient atomization in the cylinder. That could cause smoke output. Um, or depending on how you're ramping up uh, the injection on time, um, that is ultimately going to have a role based on how much air is in the motor at that given time. Um, and then you have the Lambda control or in like some of the older Cummins trucks, you have boost limit fueling, which boost limit fueling is really uh, unique. When I was playing around with the 590 CMs, basically I can smoothen out how the engine is coming uh, how the engine's gonna inject fuel right. based on the fuel curve, based on airflow of the MAP sensor. So you're actually able to control air fuel off of that table to yeah. clean the truck it up. It essentially is like an air fuel ratio. Yeah, barometer, barometer right? Barometer. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It is you're like, hey, this is, don't give it more fuel right. than air. Like, we know how much air is here, let's limit that. So like, that table was interesting because <laughs> the truck was getting the fuel, right? You run that truck out to 2,800 microseconds, 2,700 microseconds on a stock injector, whatever, the fuel is there. It's yeah. just about how it ramped in. So you get a guy that calls, oh, I need more fuel down low. No, you have plenty of fuel. Like the truck's responsive, <laughs> it's doing what it's doing. Well, it's not blowing any smoke. Well, right, that, that's because it's tuned correctly. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so then you could do the opposite and throw like a, a boost fooler in there, which basically bypasses that table altogether. Right. And tells the ECM, hey, we're making 30 pounds of boost, dump the fuel. So. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and when we get into boost parameters, uh, as you get into variable veins, you have a lot of control over, over applying variable veins yep. and, and things of that nature that where you you can hit target boost numbers or say, hey, based on this target boost, like if you're going to request this much boost, apply this much right. vein uh, and, and, and kind of work yourself through that scenario. There's not nearly as much control over boost and creating boost as there is fuel. Right, just the way that a diesel works, even with a, a variable vein turbo that's extremely responsive, it's a lot about being responsive. Yep. It's not a ton about uh, about kind of leading first, right? right? So, so that that's what we find out of turbochargers, um, and then timing. I think is the other area where we hear a lot of talk about timing and smoke output, right. which which makes sense to me in some aspect. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe you could walk our audience through a little bit deeper dive into that. Yeah, so timing is basically how the engine is coming up to top dead center, how that injector is injecting fuel, and ensuring that you're getting the injector to inject fuel into the piston bowl um, in, an, in an efficient manner, right? That's you right. don't want the fuel spraying into the bowl outside of the piston bowl or before uh, it gets to its detonation point, essentially. Yeah. So there, there is a point of too much timing, there is a point of too little timing, and there is a point of playing with timing based on the turbocharger that's being utilized to kind of trick it in the boost, right? Or, or help aid that, you know, turbo to come up. That's it, exactly, exactly. So, so it's about how do we get the most efficient combustion out of the fuel and air mixed together within the cylinder, right? And that, that's really what timing is, is it, it's dialing in that combustion event because we don't have spark like, like in a gas right. vehicle where, where we can control spark and things like that. So, so timing is, is like, I want to say generally from what I've seen with tuners, timing's like one of the last things that you go into adjusting the tables. Right. As you start to work your way through it, you want to make sure, hey, we got the fuel. You want to, hey, we got the air. You want to make sure air fuel's okay. there. Okay, okay. Now we dial in the tuning yep. to kind of give it that last that last finesse to get everything perfect. Um, and, and I'm sure there's other people out there who 
do it completely I mean, the opposite way, that's fine. And I'm sure if we had Nick on this podcast, he would be saying, well, we would do it this, this, and this. <laughs> he, He's not here. You got us. He'd be he'd be, be able to be a little bit more detailed. Maybe that's something that we can explore in the future. Yeah. Um, but for now, I think that this was kind of a good wrap-up of, of talking about how does tuning and, and smoke output, like where is that correlation, yeah. what's possible, what's not possible. Uh, so we hope this points you guys in a good direction. Uh, stick around, guys. We got more Diesel Performance Podcast coming at you. I know we're going to be hearing from our other co-hosts. All right, guys. Here we are. Anthony, Bernini, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm just so excited. Me too. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got news. Yeah, you got some news. So uh, we were chatting a little bit before air. Uh, some crazy stuff in the industry yes, going on. quite a bit of stuff going on right now. So what do we got? Um, well, a few episodes ago, we spoke about Rudy's Truck Jam. Yep. I think we, re- we recapped the fall. Yeah, I think uh, Rudy's, it, it's like the pinnacle. That is the start of the season and the end of the season. They have a spring and a fall jam. Um, and, and the spring jam pretty much kicks off racing season for ODSS and a lot of uh, the, the diesel racing across the country. Um, and then everything kind of shuts down in and, and the fall for Rudy's. And yeah. they've held it for years down in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Got shaken up a little bit. Okay. So, I mean, like you're saying, it kicks off the racing. There's a show and shine. There's a lot of vendors. Yep. There's a lot going on, and that, it's a huge event. Um, Piedmont Dragway is no longer hosting it. Um, they okay. had some it, pretty vague on the details as okay. of now, but they posted on something on Instagram about a week ago um, saying Piedmont Dragway is no longer hosting. They're all, initially, they canceled it. They wow. canceled the whole deal. They said, we're done. You know, there's issues wow. that were unable to be resolved. But uh, Wagler stepped up, and they're going to host it. Okay. Um, come this spring, so that's going to be nice. I mean, so a little closer to home for us. Wagler's out of Indiana, mm-hmm. so the event's going to be moving from North Carolina to Indiana. I've seen Wagler picking up a couple of these types of events. You know, Shides now Rudy's. Um, they have a really nice compound, if you will. So they they, they offer a really nice facility for this type of stuff. So I'm sure there's going to probably be more to come with uh, details and whatnot on yeah. on that. As uh, details of the event, I mean, spring is getting closer and closer. I feel like that kind of segues way. Fifty-five segues days into the next fifty-five days. Fifty-five days. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, and then that kind of segueing to the springtime and summer, UCC's coming up. Okay. I mean, we all know that's a big one. We go pretty much every year. We've got a booth. Um, I mean, there's racing out the wazoo. There's a show of shine. There's everything there. Yeah. Now, one of the things that's unique about UCC was last year was the first year where they changed the dates up because mm-hmm. um, we were getting bombarded with some bad weather over a few years. So um, they're hosting the event. It's this year from the 3rd to the 5th of June. Right. Yes. Three, three through five for the June for June. Excuse me. Um, because they would do it in like the a month prior. They do it in the beginning of yeah, May. Yeah, in the beginning of May, and you know, uh, May is May is a pretty rough time of year for the Midwest to mm-hmm. say the least. You don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. So if you guys haven't gotten your tickets yet for UCC, you could go to UCC's website. They are selling one day and three day passes. Um, but again, guys, that's going to be June third through June fifth. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, a lot of people are already posting. I mean, aside from tickets, like. People are excited. People, people are ramping up. You see yep. builds getting posted. Yep. People, what they're doing. So it's nice to see that, I mean, it's January and yep. we're five, well, I mean, six months out. It's the Super Bowl of diesel, right? Exactly. Like it is the biggest event of the year. They have everything. They have drag racing. They have sled pulling. They have, uh, uh, you know, the, the dyno. But then they also have 
a show and shine that has grown leaps and bounds over the last few years. Yeah. The DPI Expo, so pretty much all of your favorite vendors in the diesel industry are going to be at this event uh, with a booth uh, displaying, you know, what they've been working on, you know, that year and years prior for for display. So you get to put, you know, faces to the names, shake yeah. some hands, you know, network. Right. That, essentially. That's the fun, the fun part. Um, I mean, seeing all the stuff is nice, and being yeah. able to meet the people in person and right. catch up with friends every year. That's fun, yeah. also. So that that event's grown leaps and bounds. So I think, uh, you know, they didn't do it in 2020, right? With, you, mm -hmm. with COVID. 2021, they did it. I know I didn't attend. I'll be going this year. Uh, you did go last year, yeah. right? You'll be there this year, I'm mm -hmm. sure. Um, but it's just crazy to see that event grow and even through some of the hurdles that, you know, we're, we're dealing with here in the U.S., you know, that, that event's still going on. Yeah, nice to see everybody get together. Uh, I mean, and especially like, you know, talking about Rudy's Truck Jam, like Wagler picking up. So yeah. the event stays and everyone can get together. Exactly. Fun. Yeah. Doing that in Indiana at UCC is going to be nice. Um, I'd say really, that's, that's what I've got for now. Cool. Well, I'm sure uh, as more details are outlined with the Rudy stuff, you'll keep us in the loop on that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks. All right, folks, we're here with our remote support expert, Sean Lynn. Sean, how the hell are you? Great. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, Sean, you come on the show to talk to us about some of the remote support that you have to help customers with over at Calibrated Power and the tuning team and turbo team. Uh, what do you got for us today? So today is a customer basically just called in after buying a Revmax 750 built trans for his Cummins, and he just wanted to be sure he was on the proper tuning for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's a big purchase. You know, that's not a that's not a cheap upgrade. We're not throwing an intake on the truck. Putting a full RevMax built trans underneath our Cummins. What year was it? Do you know? It was 2015, I believe. 2015. Okay. So, yeah. So, not a cheap truck. In today's market, that might be a million dollars. All right. So, so, he calls in. He says, hey, I just put this trans in it. He's running emissions equipped tuning on the truck. Yep, he has our easy link tuning. Has our easy link tuning, and he wanted to verify, hey, what trans file should I run? Because we have a couple up there on the cloud, right? Yeah, we have, uh, I believe, four or five different built trans files, and he just wanted to be sure for warranty purposes on his trans. What what information uh, did RevMax give him? What what kind of parameters was he looking for? So. Um, they sent him a sheet that basically specifies what the pressure is supposed to be when the exhaust brake is on, when you're in park, when you're driving between the gears and stuff. There's a whole chart on it that he sent over to us. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so what did you do once you got that information? So we've been selling RevMax transmissions for years, obviously, but uh, basically what we did, because he was a little concerned, because RevMax told him, you know, if you don't meet this criteria, we're gonna void your warranty. Right, right. They're very specific about what they need out of it. I sent it over to Tim in our tuning department to have him basically update the file for this customer and anybody else for that matter who would like exact specifications that they call for. And we have an updated tune for him in the cloud now and other customers as well. Awesome, man, that's nice and easy. How long did the, uh, how long did it take to turn everything around and get him taken care of from when he called in to when he had a solution? So he called yesterday sometime. Um, he was just unsure because he actually had a dealership install it. Oh, wow. And they said that the truck was shifting hard like bone stock trans. So that trans, uh, guaranteed <laughs> it's going to shift harder. And so it was about, I mean, Tim had the file to him late yesterday. So it was maybe a business day. Awesome. And he knocked it out real quick for him. 
Awesome. I love to hear that. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, folks, if you want to follow along uh, with more information, you can always check out the knowledge base available over at DuramaxTuner.com. Uh, Sean Lynn, I know you've helped out on that quite a bit. Sounds good. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. I'm Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. We are rolling. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs>